This is episode 20 of Your Routine Queen podcast, and I'm going to be talking all about stepping into the CEO role of your business and ditching old money stories. If you are ready to welcome in a higher frequency and level of abundance, this episode is for you. This is Chelsea Fournier, aka Your Routine Queen. I help healers, empaths, intuitives, and lightworkers create an aligned and sustainable holistic healing business online. Own your true path. Call it in. It's time to play bigger, but you don't want to lose yourself in the process of expansion. You can ignite and amplify both your purpose and your profit. Tune into this podcast for support making clear decisions that are designed perfectly for your unique gifts, business goals, and desired lifestyle. Ready to become your own routine queen to master the next steps in your highest blueprint to welcome in highest abundance in all forms? Let's make it happen. Welcome to your routine queen podcast. Okay, so this episode is actually inspired, I'm using that term very specifically, inspired by a post. I'm actually going to read it. This is I'm not going to say who it was or what group it was in. But a Facebook post showed up in a group I'm in that is specifically a group for healers, light workers, just kind of generally, okay? And it's it's for people to have an open forum to ask questions, to um, ask and offer for support for he- different healing. It's a really lovely group. And the post that I'm going to read you that inspired this episode, I would say some version of this post, maybe different verbiage, different reasoning pops up at least two times a week. And now this is a group of 23,000 members, okay? I'm honored to be in this group. I'm going to just read it to you. I am a helper, a life coach, homeschool coach, educational therapist, behavior therapist, marriage and family therapist, a teacher, a healer, a freedom fighter. Love this woman already. Next, she says, real world things like money are a nuisance when your intrinsic motivation pays you in happiness for doing good works. Money and sales cheapen that feeling. Help me to fix this, she says. Anyone else figure out the secret to getting around this? I need access to more money to help more people, but I don't like the world of money. That's the only way I motivate myself to actually care about money is to reframe and remind myself that my impact will be larger if I had more of that resource so I can offer more. I'm just curious if anyone has a stronger argument for me. With the list of things I can do, I know I should be financially successful. I'm great at helping. I'm not great at getting myself paid for my value. Oh my gosh. And then the slew of comments coming in. I just want to stop and pause here. And did anything that I just read in this woman's voice, like kick you in the gut a little bit of like, Oh, you know, as I was reading it, this woman, you don't know her, right? And so this might be something you say, but it's a lot easier to just hear it and let it fall on you and be like, oh, when it's somebody else, right? So saying things like money and sales cheapen the feeling. Money is a nuisance. I know I need it, but I don't want it. Like the, even if you just think about the verbiage of that repelling, abundance, repelling money. Wow, right? She's being super honest. I really appreciated her share. And I was like, literally, this is going to inspire my podcast episode this week. And here's why, you know, the topic that I chose or the title for this episode is to step into the CEO role of your business. And I just want you to think, so she listed out like six different things that she sounds like she's an expert at, a therapist, a life coach, a behavior therapist, a teacher, a healer. So she obviously has skills 
to step into a CEO level, a strategy level, a goal setting level in running her business. But she's having all these money stories pop up saying like money is bad. Like if you were just to be honest and listen to what she's saying, she's saying money is a nuisance. Money is bad. I only want it as much as I need to help other people. I don't deserve money. Like if you just really break down what she's saying. And I'm saying this very matter of factly because so many of us struggle with this on some level. Like maybe there's a spectrum of one on one side, you being like, yes, I rock this, you know, setting goals, achieving goals. I'm totally there. And on the other side of the spectrum is just being in the muck and the mire of old stories, probably stories and baggage that were imparted to you when you were like two or three or seven or 28 and things that were kind of imparted on you that have become deeply ingrained like this woman. And and I'm working through a lot of this as well. It's not anybody, you know, I don't believe anybody's just like, oh my gosh, I'm on the other side of this, right? So I want to share today some of what I'm learning about money mindset and healing just the baggage from past generations. Now, one of the, I would say, visions that I have, like this is very much a, what I would call feelingization, like when I visualize or use a visualization and really infuse feeling into it. One of the terms that really sparks feelings for me is I have a desire to create a financial fortress around my family and to have a legacy of wealth that passes down because of the efforts I put uh, put into this world while I was here and and the value that I brought to the marketplace. And so that financial fortress to me, you probably have heard me use the term that I really want to help others and myself to fund our family values. Okay. Fund your family values, financial fortress. Those two tie into me because funding your family values for me is very deeply tied to some very strong values for us are, you know, eating organic, amazing food, eventually being able to make sure we have um, local sourcing or even growing some of our own food. And and ironically, that takes resources just to get started. We have a, a backyard that's basically a beach. We live right near the beach. We have uh, strong values around making sure we have any supplements or any just alternative health support that we desire that a lot that really matches with the values that we hold. It means that as we start stepping into homeschooling with our son, we would like to have the resources. You know, I, I don't believe you need to have fancy schmancy curriculums and like access to everything under the sun, but I would like to have a tutor for things, for topics that I don't know how um, to cover, like teaching a musical instrument or teaching a language that I don't know. Uh, I would like to be able to take field trips, take, you know, longer trips to go have an educational experience. So, you know, what I'm really saying is that the values of our family are reflected in how we spend. And what I know is that most of you as listeners and so many of the amazing women who are lightworkers, healers, guides that I speak to, when I ask them, if you had an extra $5,000 a month, what would you do with it? It immediately gets earmarked in their mind for similar things, whether it's eating really high quality food, supplementation, access to healthcare, education, maybe better housing or being able to buy a house instead of rent a house. Uh, I often will hear like a safer car for my family, right? Like if you're listening to this episode, no judgment if this is your desire, but you're probably not someone who's listening and tuning in and being like, I want to make a million dollars so I can buy a yacht or, you know, to buy my fifth house. I'm really listening to Chelsea to figure out how to, you know, scale my income to a place where I can buy my fifth house. 
maybe, maybe you're listening and I'm honored if you have that level of success and you're tuning in. But my guess is that you're in a similar boat of saying, wow, you know, the idea of funding my family values, I do want non-toxic mattresses for my family, but it's always on my list and we never get around to it. Or, you know, just like those things that you're like, well, yeah, you know, I, I wanted a um, air doctor air filter for a while and then was able to put it into the budget. And was, that felt really great. And now we have it running every day and I'm, I express gratitude for it. I'm so grateful for it. And so this type of thing is what I want currently. And that idea of the financial fortress, to me, I'm just going to keep it real, is that we're living in very odd times. No matter where in the globe you're living, there's probably things happening in your community, in your country that you never expected. You know, five, 10 years ago to go backwards and, and ask someone, oh, do you think in 2022 you'll be required to show proof of something to go into a building? Like probably not, right? Whether it's a mask or a you know, passport or whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But there, these are unprecedented times in many ways. And so when I think about a financial fortress, if there was something that was happening in my community that was a forced requirement that I was uncomfortable with, whether it's something that's currently happening or in the future, I believe very strongly in medical freedom in bodily autonomy and just freedom of choice. I want the financial freedom to say, wow, we weren't planning on moving, but we need to. And so we have this financial buffer, we have our emergency fund, we have whatever it is, that financial fortress, we're able to just pivot and make changes that are in alignment with our values and the choices that we want to make. And I want that to be the possibility for not only my experience, but for three generations down from the efforts that I put in here on this earth. Now, does that sound weird to you? I don't know, maybe, like we don't even have to have the same beliefs or philosophies. Have you ever just wondered like, wow, I would love to be able to leave more of a legacy, you know. Um, I know that there's many people's experiences as they get older is that they realize they're going to be leaving debt to their family. I don't want that to be my experience at the end of my life. So this is kind of a long rant to really honor this woman's experience that she shared in the post and so many people commenting in either talking about how to heal that type of baggage or the desire, you know, internal desire to repel money. and. I want to talk through some of the basics, some of the basics that you may not have under your belt around how to run your business. Because if you're listening to this episode, you probably have an idea, a seed of a business that's been planted that you're wondering if you could bring your gifts, your knowledge, your intuition, your uh, expertise into creating an online business, or you already have one and you're wanting to get better foundation, better systems, better routines so you can scale it without losing yourself in the process. And so I'm going to take just a super quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the importance of having separate bank accounts, my top three tips for what you can do to step into that CEO role and quite a bit more. Since we are talking about things that I really prioritize in funding, a family value of ours is around making sure that we're filling the nutritional gaps and really supporting cognitive function, brain function, and nutrition. And so there is an amazing liposomal supplement line that I can't rave enough about. And they have a particular package of products called the Nutrition Intro Pack 3. And they call it three because there's three beautiful products that honestly for me are just in our family budget now that I've had the experience I've had with them. 
It is a combination of a product called Core Complete, which is an amazing organic superfood-based blend of vitamins, minerals, and digestive enzymes. I can't say enough about it. It's a little tiny packet. You take it every morning. It has everything that you need. I'm going to put a link down in the show notes if you want to go check it out. It's amazing. As well as the second product in that pack is called Neuro. If you've ever heard me talk about it, it absolutely, it's basically executive function in a pill a day. It is amazing. It is superfood based. Uh, I've specifically spoken with the formulator about this. I've interviewed him about this. It's just such an amazing product. If you struggle with focus, if you struggle with that executive function, taking ideas to the next step, um, if you struggle with mood, if you struggle with anxiety, it is. it has been a blessing in my life to the nth degree. And it's such a simple new routine. Also in that pack, the third item is CBD. If you've heard me talk about the liposomal CBD that I use, it makes such a big difference. If you're a fan of CBD, some of the things that I was looking for was organic, patent protected, made here in the US. And then as I learned about liposomal was like, oh, that's why I never noticed a difference with other CBDs. They weren't absorbing. They weren't bioavailable. It truly makes a difference. If you've never had a conversation with me about the difference of liposomes, feel free to DM me over on Instagram. I can send you a link to a really cool three-minute video that like changed my perspective on how I think about supplements and what I'm going to invest in for my family. But if you would like to take a peek at the discount, there is a discount code to get you $10 off your first order of the, the Nutrition Intro Pack. And if you're like, okay, this all sounds cool. I'm not sure those are the right products for me to start with, but I want to hear your advice. You can actually link to a the ability to book a focus and power-up call. That is a free call that I offer to my podcast community. And we can actually talk about what your needs are. Happy to make recommendations around health or staying more grounded or filling the nutritional gaps based on my experience. And you can book that right in the show notes. Okay. So let's step into what I've broken down is my top three tips for what you can do to step into the CEO role of your business with grace. Okay. Um, and I guess the overarching theme, even before I step into the three is just to release the idea that you need like a business degree or a law degree or a marketing degree or accounting degree or background in business to be able to understand this because you you don't. You have to take on the intention of playing this role in your business. Because you might hear someone like me and be like, well, she was a startup lawyer for a decade. Like she worked with this stuff. She wrote business plans for banks to look at business loans. And that's true. But this is still confusing to me, you know, like being in the trenches. And I, I don't even want to say it's confusing. It's wrapped up when you're working on your own business and setting goals and working on the financial side of your own business. You know that it's also all tied into funding your family values. There's emotions. There's old generational baggage. Like there's all the stuff you got to work through, which is why in my group program, Aligned to Ignite, I actually bring in experts um, around my, uh, mindset. We call them your, um, sorry, align your mindset experts. And I have people coming in around human design and around money beliefs and around how to step into confidence as an introvert and a breathwork facilitator to come in and help you release stuck trauma that comes up when you start talking about your prices. Like this is not in a vacuum. It's really nice for me to give you these tips, which I'm going to give you and I have implemented myself. However, just know it's not easy because it's not just your left brain. It's not just you being like, oh, I should hire a bookkeeper. Let me go hire one. 
no, if someone says go hire a bookkeeper, there's also going to be, wow, but they cost money and I'm not making enough money and I can't pay the bills and where will my next client come from? And my grandmother said money's the root of all evil and that's still stuck with me. Like all that stuff is going to come up just from a simple suggestion around how to budget in your business or start to pay yourself. I get that. I'm stepping into my role to give you some of that left-brained stuff because I know that especially as a deeply feeling being, someone who experiences deep empath experiences or intuition or just that light worker calling to help other people, so much of this comes up, okay? So we're going to talk through the three tips. And the first is actually stemming from a conversation I recently had with a financial coach. And we were just kind of riffing and having the epiphany that many people who are in especially the healing space or running something that's based on their own expertise, that's not necessarily a traditional profession, right? Like if someone hangs up a shingle as a lawyer, I guess not everybody would know that term. It means like setting up your own private practice as a lawyer. You know, people kind of know what a lawyer is. It's a respected profession. And so if you needed to go to a bank to get a loan to, you know, run payroll or buy an office space or whatever, like it's a little bit easier to kind of step into, yes, I work for myself, but this is like a recognized profession. When you're stepping into work for yourself based on expertise that you have, like if you're a Reiki practitioner and you plan to grow a large practice and you desire an in-person space, for example, you need to have, you know, rent and maybe you're going to have an assistant. I don't know, right? Whatever the expenses are that are existing for your business, it's it's more difficult, let's just be honest, to walk into a bank and say, I desire to have a loan. Here's my plan for how I'm going to pay it off. Like, is the bank lender going to look at you and be like, so wait, you do what? They like lay on a table and you do what for them? <laughs> right? Like, let's just be honest and chuckle about it. But most healing type businesses, lightworker type businesses, health coaches, online coaches, facilitators of breathwork, like whatever it is that you're doing, you kind of need to step into the mindset of treating it like a business. And you hear people say that all the time. Treat it like a business. It'll pay it like a business, right? And you might not like that, like really resonate with that. But there are some things that you might need to hear that traditional businesses, even if it's someone who's working for themselves and setting up a practice in a slightly more, let's just call it recognized profession, most of those businesses are going to take out a loan from a bank for a specific credible startup expenses. And that would require needing a business plan. Now, I'm not sitting here saying you need to go write a 35-page business plan. In fact, at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a five bullet point. Like if you can answer five bullet points, you can have a very clear business plan just for your purposes. I'm not saying you have to go to the bank. But a traditional business is going to expect to map out a business plan, go to a bank and get a loan, or if that's not available for them based on the type of business or their credit score, maybe it's to take out a line of credit at a bank or to get a 0% credit card with a plan of paying it off, right? But most businesses don't truly, business owners don't truly expect to pull like a large salary or, or to get a return for three to five years. Now, this doesn't have to be the experience for you. You're going to have, you know, if you're running an online business and you're following me for these tips, you can have a much leaner business, meaning less expense monthly business. And so the potential to have return is much faster for you. But most businesses don't expect to have a return for years. And they may have built into that business plan paying themselves from the loan, but they have a plan on how they're going to pay the loan back, if that makes sense. And they have a plan of what they will sell 
the goals that they need to hit in order to pay that loan off and make sure that they are also paying themselves and all of the expenses of the business. Okay, so that's like a traditional business. I'm not saying you have to take out a loan, but I am going to plant the seed that if you keep seeing things that you know in all capital letters, K-N-O-W, you know you need to invest in in order to get your business rolling, but you don't have that like seed capital in your personal finances, right? It might absolutely have to be an option that you consider looking at how you're going to fund what you know you need in order to get to the next level in your business. And I'm just sharing this because if you have felt that way before and you're like, I just, I wish I had $8,000 that could get me the certifications that I need, hire a website developer, hire or hire, invest in the business coach I know that I need. Just want you to know you're not wrong <laughs> for knowing that you might need some seed capital to get your skill set, to get your online presence. Like you don't want to spend this frivolously. Just, you know, you really potentially want to be working with a coach who has more experience or mentoring to help you make some of those decisions if possible. But hiring a coach might be part of what you need to get some funds for. And so I I just want to sh- I just wanted to share that as the number one to like break the ice on that, that you're not crazy if you're running a business and are contemplating that maybe you need some cash injection, some seed capital is what that would be called. If you don't have an angel investor sitting around saying, hey, great aunt Susie, can you give me $10,000 to start my business properly? Like if you don't have that in your back pocket, you may need to go a slightly more traditional route if you're open to that. Now, number two tip and this is going to tie into this incredibly, is the importance of having separate bank accounts for your business and your personal finances. I can't stress this enough. Like, especially, you know, I have a LLC set up for my business. You may, I will eventually be shifting that to an S corporation. And so if you have an entity that you run your business through, you actually have to do this in order to receive the benefits of the protection of that company that you've set up and kind of putting my old startup lawyer hat on. I had a whole spiel about explaining how to make sure you're getting the protection of the entity that you invest in putting up, but I'm not going to go down that road. That's not why we're here. But even the energetic importance of having separate bank accounts for your business and personal finances, if you're just kind of muddling it and you don't have bookkeeping set up and you see, you know, money coming in from Venmo from one client and money coming in from PayPal from another client. And you're not really sure when someone's, you know, renewal for a membership is up. It's just not organized and it's coming into your personal finances. And then you're paying expenses for your business as though they're personal finances. Like it, it just becomes a mess. It's an energetic mess. It's a bookkeeping mess. It's an end of year shuffling receipts mess. And I am actually going to bring on a financial coach to specifically talk about this topic because we have her coming in to align to ignite my signature group program specifically on this topic because it's so important. Like she even has, you know, talks about how human design ties into this. Like there's so much that ties into this. But if you've never contemplated having a separate bank account for your business, if you take nothing away from this, Typically, I mean, you can find a credit union and it's free, like go start a business bank account and then you could start to unwind and be like, oh, yeah, this charge that comes through every month for the the software I use to run my business, um, that should go through my business account. Okay, I get that. Oh, you know, let's make sure next time so-and-so deposits, it goes into my business account. Like you can start chipping away if this is brand new concept to you and it feels really overwhelming. If you're more advanced in your business and you haven't done this yet, like it really should go to the top of your list. 
The item, top tip number three, is to get support around your finances sooner than you think you can afford it. And you might be listening to this and you're like, but you tell me to run my business so lean. Yeah, I do. And bookkeeping, accounting, and potentially financial money mindset coaching should probably be pretty high on your list, especially if you have some finances coming in and you're starting to run into money blocks, money stories. It's just not flowing the way that you think it should be. If you're earning enough, if you're earning like four or five, somewhere between four and $10,000 on a monthly basis, and it still feels like the money is just kind of slipping through your hands, you probably need a money coach. <laughs> just saying, to get into that money mindset. But the bookkeeper and accountant, if you've never worked with one, it does not have to be overwhelming. Like on a month, how would it feel? I just want to paint the vision of how it would feel. This is how it feels to me. I write gratitude for my bookkeeper and accountant knowing my business. I love that on a monthly basis, I get a profit and loss statement showing me from my bookkeeper how much, you know, oh gosh, your expenses were a little bit higher this month than usual. What was this software you invested in? Oh, that was an annual fee for something that you need? Okay. Like it helps me stay in check on looking at expenses that are going out? Are there patterns that are out of the normal um, that I should just be reminding myself about? Are there annual expenses that are coming up that, you know, are going to show up on my credit card soon that I should be accounting for? So book, having that bookkeeper relationship, if you can find a good bookkeeper, and in a minute I'm going to share um, how you can in, contact me to get connected to my bookkeeper because I'm obsessed with him. He's so, so good. But having that bookkeeper in place to have that monthly concept of what's flowing into and out of your business account, okay? And then why do you keep your business and personal account separate? Okay, so then you're going to start looking at paying yourself from your business account to your personal account. And you can set goals around that. But until you have all of your expenses and all of your income flowing into and out of a business banking account, then it's a total mess. Like you can't delegate to bring someone in or you probably don't want to even. Uh, and it would be very time consuming to say, hey, here's my personal finances. Can you sort through like, here's my groceries and here's my investment in my business coach? Like, no, you would want them separate so that your bookkeeper is just going into your business account. Having an accountant, ideally you have a bookkeeper and an accountant. Some people will offer that as being like within the same um, office, if you will, so that like, oh, we'll just have our bookkeeper check in on you. And so you can do it through one person. I have a separate accountant and bookkeeper. Um, they both specifically work with people who run businesses from home. So I feel like I'm getting really great advice specifically on looking at what expenses could I be writing off that maybe I'm not thinking about or what habits do I need to get into or should I spend some extra money before the end of the year or should I wait until the beginning of the new year? Like having that person to have conversations with and also depending on how you pay yourself, if you have yourself on payroll or if you're just kind of like writing yourself a check of owner pay, like how are you setting aside to pay for taxes? All of these things are simple, right? And if you're listening to me and your blood is starting to boil a little bit or you're already starting to say, well, that's good for her, but my business isn't big enough or any old story junk that's coming up right now, whew, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath and we'll be back in just a second. Okay, so I wanted to just take a quick break to plug you in if you are desiring to be connected to 
a bookkeeper. Oh my gosh. The bookkeeper that I work with, he and I knew each other like back in college. He went into banking. I went into law. We had reasons to network together. And now he has established a very nimble, very smart, I believe, bookkeeping business that allows people who run their business from home to really be heard, to be appreciated, to step into this like next level of working with a bookkeeper. But it's not overwhelming. He and his team are so amazing. They really make me feel understood. They ask really great questions to get to know my business. And I never feel like they're like judging oh, she, you know, she's not a big business. No, I, I matter to them. I also love that he happened to place me with a bookkeeper on his team. Her name is Joy. And so I just love that every month there's someone named Joy who's handling my money and going through my bookkeeping. They make it really affordable, really accessible. They help you to get set up in QuickBooks if you don't have any software set up yet. And they just make the experience really joyful, as joyful as bookkeeping can be. I am going to be bringing Justin Boynton onto the podcast in the future, and I'm going to set up a little uh, like landing page for him because I love him so much. But for now, if you're listening to this episode, I don't have that set up yet, but you can DM me on Instagram at your routine queen and just say, I need your bookkeeper and I'll get you guys connected in a three-way chat. Or you can email me at chelsea at chelseafournier.com and just say, need your bookkeeper. I'd be happy to get you a connection to him, an introduction and see if it's a good fit for you. I hope you're getting some really good value from this episode. I know it's a little bit out of the typical topic that I talk about around marketing and creating systems, but all of these topics can be can create a system around. You know, just think about having a bookkeeper with a monthly reminder saying, hey, can you upload these statements or it automatically syncs into QuickBooks and then you get a report. Like that's now a routine that is serving you to give you information about your financial situation in your business. And once it's set up and you have that system or you have that relationship, you don't have to do it. You just get on the call like to go over the update or go over the reports, right? Having an accountant that you have a, a yearly relationship with, having a financial money coach maybe on your calendar every two weeks, like all of these that might seem overwhelming actually can become routines and that's kind of my jam, right? Get things out of your head and into a routine. So we're going to talk quickly about the simple business plan. Because you heard me talking about, oh my gosh, you could go to a bank and write up a business plan. That's probably not where you're at. But I think you should know how to at least think through some of the decisions and the information that you want to have in hand in order to think about a business plan. So keeping business goal setting super simple so you don't get lost in the weeds. If you're taking notes, I'm going to have five bullet points for you. Number one is to know your expenses. What are your monthly expenses? Do you have a subscription to Canva, to have paid Canva for graphic design, and that runs every month? Or do you pay it on an annual basis? Do you have, you know, do you pay your bookkeeper on a monthly basis? Do you have any credit card debt for your business that you need to pay a certain amount to pay it down quickly? Do you have, like, all these things add up, right? Especially the software. Gosh, every once in a while, I just got to log in look at my budget and into my bookkeeping and be like, do I still need that software? Like that $10 a month and this $37 a month. Can anything combine? Sometimes I just do a little audit to see if the features of one software can like, oh gosh, that improved and I can replace X, Y, or Z. Like that can really, really add up. So you got to be careful. But actually knowing what your expenses are. Then knowing your desired profit, because it's really nice to say, I want to make $5,000 a month in my business. Well, what do you mean by that? Do you mean profit 5000 after your expenses are taken care of? Do you consider your taxes to be an expense? 
do you consider the pay to yourself to be an expense? Is that 5000 into like the business savings to really get clear on what you mean when you say you want to earn a certain amount? Now, know your desired profit. To me, I like to know what my expenses are and then how much I would like to set aside for taxes and how much I would like to pay myself and ideally how much on top of that I have to set aside into my business savings account in case I like to have a little bit of a buffer, like a couple thousand dollar buffer in my business account. Uh, That way, if there is, oh my gosh, an amazing special on working with a coach that I desire to work with, or if there is, oh my gosh, my computer broke, like I like to have that buffer in my business account. And so ideally I know my expenses, my desired profit, and where that profit is going to be allocated to. Then I get to think about what I want to sell. Let's be honest, even if you are pouring your heart and your soul and your pure intention into the healing or into the coaching or into the container that you're providing, you got to think about what that is. It is a, it's a transaction. It's an exchange of energy. It's an exchange of value. And so thinking about what you want to sell and what the price is. And ideally, you get into a space where you actually do price appropriately and we're going to talk about market research coming up soon on the podcast and how to really get you know, a clearer idea about what you should be charging. But to know what you want to sell, how much it's going to cost, the person who's going to engage with you, who you want to sell it to. That's a little bit more getting into the marketing. So it's not necessarily part of the business plan, but who you want to sell it to, I think, helps you to just really th- remind yourself about that value, about what you're doing, just like starting back at the beginning of this episode when I read that lady's post, you know, that she really focuses on helping people. So I think just for us, for anyone who's listening to this podcast, reminding yourself about the help you're offering, even as you're just like thinking about bullet points of a business plan, it just helps it to feel really high vibration. But point number five is how many of those things you need to sell to those people to hit your goal. So if your primary aligned offering is a, I'm going to, you might hear clicking. I'm going to do some calculations. (laughs) I'm thinking about um, a past coaching client of mine. Her, uh, Her primary transformation is offered in a group container that costs $333 right now. Okay. Uh, if she, let's just say if she wanted to get to $5,000 a month, we're going to divide 5,000 by 333. She would have to sell 15 spots in that container on a monthly basis to get to $5,000 a month. Think about doubling that. If she wanted to get to $10,000 a month, that would be um, doubling the amount of people. So 333 times 30 people would be $9,990. I know she would be happy with that. So you start to look at what is it that you're offering? What do you desire to get to? And so, you know, if you're doing it in these five bullet points, if you know your expenses, for example, are $2,000 a month to run your business and you know your desired profit, you would like to be, so we're going to say $2,000. You would like to be paying yourself $3,000 a month and you know that because you'd be having $3,000 of profit, let's say it's going to be $3,000 times 0.2, maybe you set aside 20% to go into your taxes would be $600 and so that would be $5,600. So $5,600 would be your goal. That would cover your expenses. That would allow you to have the amount that you should be setting aside for taxes if you're doing kind of estimated quarterly taxes and paying yourself $3,000. Okay, so then if it's $5,600, let's say, for example, it is this three, uh, $333 transaction, you would need to be selling 16.8. So let's round up and say 17. So if you were selling 17 spots 
in that container on a monthly basis, you would be able to achieve that particular goal, cover your expenses, that desired profit, setting aside for taxes. And then if you can do that on a monthly basis, that would be setting you up for, um, let's see, bringing in a total gross of $67,200 for the year. Now, if your container is a lower membership, like maybe you have a $44 a month membership, or maybe you only offer private coaching or private sessions, and that's a higher price point, or maybe you have a higher ticket group container, group experience, it's just about looking at making sure you know what your expenses are, so you're covering that through your business account, knowing your desired profit, what you would like to be paying yourself, what you want to set aside for savings, setting aside for taxes, so you're not you know, sideswiped by that at the end of the year. Um, a bookkeeper and an accountant can help you to understand the numbers around that, who you want to sell it to, how many you need to sell, and setting some real goals, okay? And then if you start to realize, wow, um, I actually only offer this program every three months. Oh, okay. So if you only offer it every three months, then you should be offering, you you should be setting a goal of filling three times as much as you were setting for a monthly goal because you're going to be offering it once a quarter. So maybe you need to be selling 45 spots and that your goal is to have a 45 spot container Oh, does the, like does that still offer the transformation and the community and the experience that you want? Yes or no? Oh, if it doesn't, okay, well maybe we need to think about raising your prices or ha- taking some one-on-one clients in between on the off months, right? So this is just setting a business plan in in starting to understand what's going to be flowing in and out of your business because there may be expenses that happen every month whether or not you're bringing income in like the software that runs every month or like your bookkeeper or like your business coach. And so if you sell programs like sporadically a couple launches a month, uh, sorry, a couple launches a year, then you want to start thinking about like, how are you going to save up that money, spread it out over the course of the year? How are you feeling thinking about all of this? I'm going to tell you, I am not an expert in human design and in money mindset, but I know that even just hearing some of this might feel triggering to you. Sometimes it feels triggering to me, even though I am in this space of helping myself and helping others to move through this. And so I just want you to jot, if you can like take a note right now, just jot down, how do you feel? Are you feeling invigorated and like excited about what is possible and understanding what you need to be doing to set your business up really well? Or are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling really vulnerable to be like, oh my gosh, I don't have any of this in place? There's a whole host and range of emotions that might be happening. Starting to understand your human design and your money mindset and your authority, like there's so many different ways you can bring more self-awareness to your money mindset. And I will be bringing Alejandra onto the podcast soon. So if this is a topic that interests you, um, feel free to message me over on Instagram and be like, get her on soon. We need that. Um, But definitely stay tuned for that episode. I'll tell you my personal goal is getting myself on payroll in 2022 because I wound my coaching practice down while I was in my pregnancy and then didn't really restart stepping into a higher level of business until my son was almost two, there was this period of time where like I unwound a lot of this and I've been stepping back in and being like, you know, okay, let me get my bookkeeper back in engaged. Let me get, you know, all of my, be really mindful about all of my software choices. Let let me decide who I'm going to invest or work with as a business coach for the year, as a money mindset coach for the year. What do I need? And so I'm now in the same space and starting to see 
all of this works. It does work. (laughs) If you have something that you are ready to sell and you start working on who you're going to sell it to and a marketing plan that feels super authentic and aligned, like it does work. And starting to see that money come in and then starting to say, okay, um, one of my goals is to get really consistent and then actually just get myself on payroll so I don't have to worry about quarterly estimated taxes and it will just be taken out of as though I am or would be an employee of my own company. Um, So that's one of my goals in 2022, just to be fully transparent. And I think that's going to be really cool for us to just be honest and have this dialogue and have this conversation that we don't have to have a starving artist mentality. Like just because you have amazing gifts to bring to the world, you might know that the transformation you offer to a human being who's working with you as a guide, as a facilitator, as a coach, as a healer, like you might know the value is so deep. And then you might also look at the people who need you the most and be like, they don't have money. I just want to give it away for free. You might be stuck in any number of circumstances that make you feel like this is not possible for you, but I want you to know that it is. And I want you to know that your business plan can actually build in gifting or scholarships. Like you can have offers of high ticket offers because you know that's in alignment with your goals and your value and still reserve spots for discounted uh, admission or enrollment or a couple scholarships that you offer to people who truly need what you have. And that's still running it like a CEO mindset. So I would love to hear if you liked this topic today, if you like me bringing in some of the left-brained, you know, I'm not going to be giving legal advice. I'm not a financial professional, but I sure do have a heck of a lot of experience in this area. And I would love for you, you know, if you got some value out of this, comment below if you're watching this somewhere, or sorry, listening somewhere that you can comment or give a review or DM me over at uh, Your Routine Queen on Instagram. I would love to hear your feedback. I hope you got a lot out of it. Make sure to subscribe to Your Routine Queen podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and screenshot the episode if you do listen and tag Your Routine Queen on Instagram with your biggest takeaway. I would absolutely love, love, love that. We'll see you on the next episode.